0: Impacting lives, legacies, making dreams come true. Hello, well, and welcome to the Great and Relentless View podcast, where we remind you that the journey is just the beginning.
1: Hey, if you haven't seen Great and Relentless you're missing out. It's the most awesome business interview and brand awareness show I know.
0: Stay tuned for our episode featuring Mohan Ananda. I'm sure you've heard of Stamps.com. That's right. He's the original founder and CEO. And he sold it for an estimated $6.6 billion. So stay tuned. That is an amazing interview. You don't want to miss it.
1: Let me tell you in my my little background. Welcome to the Great and Relentless Podcast. Former United States Navy Hospital Corpsman, American businesswoman, and philanthropist, as featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, Telemundo, and the Fox News Channel. And now, your host, Olivia Friedman. My professional life has kind of three stages. Three stages, meaning stage one, I was primarily a scientist working for NASA and uh, the Department of Defense, and that's my first phase. Uh, in that uh, time, I did a lot of interesting work in the interplanetary navigation, going to various planetary places, some I mean, satellites and things like that. So that's one aspect. Then the, in the Department of Defense work, I was one of the initial architects for the global positioning system. GPS became my, my kind of passion, and I think that's where I contributed extensively. And that's my first phase. The second phase is uh, as a lawyer. I became a lawyer, and I started working with companies, providing them corporate governance, you know, bringing capital to them, and also intellectual property work. That's the second. And the third phase is being an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, meaning starting number of companies.
0: Well, I think a lot of people assume that because you're so successful, um, that maybe you just started one business and, and all of a sudden you were just uh, suddenly a billionaire, a multi-billionaire.
1: It's really unrealistic. I mean, it's a, I mean I, of course, I started a little late. I mean, my age, in a sense, most people, I would recommend you should do once you graduate from uh, college or whatever your education before really, I mean, it's good to have a few years of experience at some corporate world in a a business experience. But then you should start because when you don't have a lot of uh, dependence, people don't depend on you. So that's the time you can take the risk and really go and uh, see whether you are fit to that. And even sometimes it may fail, but that's a great learning experience.
0: So are you telling me Mohan that uh, some of your businesses actually failed? I don't believe it.
1: Oh yeah, there are a number of them. <laughs> a number of them didn't do well, <laughs> that well, yes. But it's a good learning experience. Some of them didn't go very well. Some of them did fairly well. So that's the uh, that's kind of a three, three stage of uh, work.
0: Thing about Pasadena, California, or the California Institute of Technology. I think I'd heard you vaguely mention that, and I never got the opportunity again until now uh, to ask you what it was that you mentioned about, because I know you've attended there. And uh, also, if you give us some insight, I have uh, mentees uh, around the, the globe, around the world, uh, and the idea is to reach uh, a million of them um and to help um help them shape their businesses very very small businesses small to medium size um and the goal is a million before i leave this planet uh so if you could give me some insight into uh the california institute of technology out of pasadena uh, as well as the importance uh or lack thereof uh working in corporate america uh, when you're an entrepreneur, are there benefits or are there not? Uh, as an entrepreneur looking to uh, create their own, you know, create their own business, you know, some sort of startup, what do you say to
1: that? It's one of the best schools in the world, in my opinion. Working for a corporate world and working with the big companies, the experience is very, very limited. Whereas if you start something yourself, you have to wear different hats. You have to, run the company, you have to manage it financially, you have to find the customer, you have to, you know, all kind of uh, activities, you have to be always involved, even though you may have a team to support you, but you have to be on board everywhere. So that's an excellent learning experience. I
0: had similar conversations with um, primarily uh, African entrepreneurs, um, Egypt and other parts of Africa and or other countries in Africa and so you know it's very interesting their perspective because you know in, in some countries um, like Nigeria and then Egypt as well the the pressure uh, and of course in India as well you know this better than I do uh, the pressure that is placed on uh, young people uh, to become doctors lawyers um, you know different types of uh, practitioners or, you know, very well-paid dentists and so on and so forth. And uh, there's a lot of pressure on them to perform. And so uh, I have this conversation with them a lot about the importance of learning the lessons along the way after failure to understand why you failed and how to avoid it next time and maybe double up and triple back and, and, you know, earn, have your uh, revenue, your earnings Uh, To meet the goal or you want it to be at that any given time thereafter a failure or, you know, several failures as you've mentioned. And uh, you also mentioned that that's just a part of, of, you know, doing business. It's a part of, you know, it's just how it goes. Um, So, yes, but a lot of them uh, are really, really disappointed And so uh, is there any type of um, technique that you suggest in making sure that they don't repeat the same mistakes over again? You know, maybe how to identify them or some sort of uh, metric, you know, rubric to go by or something like that, Uh, a way to measure their success and to be able to uh, pretty much scale it. Uh, Are there any techniques that you have or any ways that you try to, you know, that you motivate yourself after a failure with something that you really want to work? And you put your all into it that just can't be a good thing you can give us an insight on those topics
1: okay I have taken uh, you know it actually now four companies public the first three are the conventional uh, IPO you know like in stamps.com investnet or you know jab in York, uh, London Stock exchange so those are typical public offering meaning you have to have a a full financial record You have to have a top line. You have to have a bottom line. And you need to have a a good management team. But then you have to go and convince the investors, look, we we have a good potential growth opportunity and do it. So those three companies, I took one in NASDAQ, one in New York Stock Exchange, one in London Stock Exchange. And those are really like, you know, you go with uh, come up with an investment banker. An investment banker kind of guides you, and then you have to have a roadshow, talk to various investment. I mean, those roadshow was real roadshow. You fly to Chicago, fly to New York, fly to Boston, or fly to Miami, or even fly to London. I mean, various places. So it takes some time and convince them, and then it goes into an IPO. The fourth one is the the special purpose acquisition company, which I just took public about six months back. That's a, SPAC, which does not really have a a real company. It's more of a blank check. There, it so happened because of pandemic, we did not have a real roadshow. We didn't go anywhere. We were doing it uh, in Zoom, starting at 6 o'clock my time, and by 3 o'clock my time, everything was done. And we went for, actually our uh, original uh, capital requirement was to but we had almost a billion dollar commitment, so we we could pick and choose, and we got, I mean, there is a, what you call the over allotment, which is 15%. So we go in and, and then raise 230 million. So that's a, it's a little different from the typical IPO because SPAC does not have any company information because what you're going to do or what one should do after the capital is raised, you talk to different target companies and find the right one and then combine them. So that's the what I'm currently involved. In the
0: the fourth one okay got it so tell us about stamps.com we i've always said that success leaves clues and there's also some anomalies like what the journey was like getting there and if there were any anomalies or you know any clues that your success
1: left success clue is you have to be persistent you have to think you can do it and you need to have that vision and the destination and then you have to design the road map to reach there and be ready to do it. Like the the little engine says, I can do it. I can do it. So you have to do that. But this particular one was very, very, very difficult. The reason being the the success of stamps.com would not happen if the United States Postal Service says no. It's a binary. So that is a very, very strange way in starting any business, because somebody can, yeah, like if, even if you're developing a drug, if you're developing a drug, the FDA or federal drug agency, they have to approve, but they've been approving it many times. A lot of drugs don't get approved, but they do approve. That's how all the drugs are coming. Whereas USPS, has not approved anything for 100 years. So that was a very, very tough. So when we went and tried to get some capital from the venture f- firms, they liked the idea, but they said it's a, it's, a, it's a nightmare to go and get anything from USPS. So they, they were not very eager to take the risk. I said, if you get something, we will talk. Otherwise, just go. <laughs> so that was the first major hurdle. So we did not have the luxury of really, you know, going through the USPS that much, but we persisted, but they gave us an opportunity to pitch them. And they actually, it so happened our pitch date was on a Friday evening, four o'clock, meaning everybody in Washington DC, their time to go home, but they, they did listen to us. It took a you know, very you know, long conversation and finally they said okay, we'll get somebody uh, from the university to see whether you are, because it's a, our proposal is printing stamps is like printing money, so which means uh, you can't, you know, you cannot, you need a security because if somebody prints money and you don't know who prints and who uses, then there is no. So that was the, their concern, really a good concern. So, but we had, they re, retained a, a professor and uh, to do all the due diligence and make sure the technology is correct and it you know, it does. But the fact that they they re- were ready to hire somebody and do the due diligence felt me pretty good. So then we went through and we finally got the approval. So that's how it happened.
0: So thank you so much for that Mohan and you know, I want to talk about just for a second, um, timing uh, and the USPS form
1: 1583. Yeah, it's very, very, very interesting too, because I started in 1996, but in order to get the technology, I applied for the patent in 1992. So it took four years to get the patent, but in 1992 when I applied, the internet was uh, in an embryonic stage, very primitive. Did not have uh, any bandwidth, any. but I knew, somehow or other, I felt that the, the digital technology is the future. I mean, which is true. In fact, now, so you, but you have to start seeing that that future early enough. I mean, it's, and then of course you have to take advantage of it and make the investment early enough. Then you can, you can, you know, you can, like working with USPS is a, even today, today you try to get something. It's a big it's a Chinese wall. I mean, to cross that is a it's extremely difficult. You you personally now know how, how difficult it was. So it is very very true. That's the. I mean that that does not mean you shouldn't try, but you have to be persistent. You have to be very very, uh, I mean, patient and persistent. Let's put it that. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I totally agree, um, I, because of the experiences that I had Mohan uh, back in the day, I had so many inventions and then when you see them come out, you know, people told me silly things. Oh, if you do something like that, the DVDs are going to get crunched in the mail. Uh, the games are going to get, they're going to melt in the mailbox. Uh, why would you put a red box out there with movies in it, it was actually blue. Was the original concept, and um, you know they're like they're gonna take the whole box. I'm like,
1: (laughs) but Netflix (laughs) started. Netflix started with mailing DVDs to their homes because at the time, exactly. And with but Netflix actually, you know, uh, we we started a company. By the way, it is in my book. uh, It's called Amazing Hits. Right. It's is a very. uh, It's a few years ahead of time because the people did not want to sell, uh, give me, I mean, I wanted to sell one, one song at a time, online. And uh, I went to, you know, Warner Brothers, I went to Universal, I mean, every big studios, they, they liked my idea, but they said, because they were selling uh, record, album, album had about 14 songs, the 12 were junk, Two good ones. Because of the two good ones, they get money for the whole forty. But here, if I sell it one by one, only the two will go. So they were very reluctant to part that. But eventually, of course, two years later, um, I, I, you know, I couldn't sustain, so we folded. But uh, 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 Apple, uh, Steve Jobs came and convinced iTunes and they got it. I mean, now of course, now iTunes, now every studio has the, everything is streaming now. There is no real, you know, the world, uh, the DVD is gone. Any any kind of a uh, stored information is all gone now. It's all, I mean, you can download it and keep it with you, but it is all pro- uh, directly coming through the, the internet. So but that, I saw it, but it was not there, but I failed, so amazing hits didn't make it. But right. uh, it's it's uh, that's how life is. Sometimes you know, and especially the first one, the first guy who goes, and he paves the place. He's like a, you know, going. But the second guy comes, he can easily go, <laughs> move on. That's how it happens. The first guy always has a tough situation. But if you're persistent, it's fine. For example, uh, Amazon when they started the cloud, Amazon Web Services, they are the first, and. Nobody came for two years, uh, so they just sustained. Of course, there are others now. You know, of course, Microsoft has, you you know, there are other many companies, but still AWS becomes pretty dominant. And, uh, but they saw it coming, I mean, as an example. So you, once you see it, you should be persistent and go after it and see whether you can go forward. But you need to have the ability to sustain. The capital, you know, is the. Sometimes that becomes a problem.
0: So I a lot that you're saying is makes so much uh, sense, and so that brings me to uh, it's a really good segue because you mentioned that you know even the major guys weren't interested in just you so many at a time like a couple. Uh, That's an interesting concept. Um. And then I ask you after this, um, do you have any techniques or anything uh, for entrepreneurs or focus or anything you know, what you sort of do to, you know, get the creative juices flowing? Because I have what I call the Friedman technique. It's for a uh, razor sharp focus when you need to get something done. Um, just, you know, certain amounts of, you know, time, like 10 minutes at a time, but you do it and you take a three minute break or a five minute break and you get it again, you know, and do it maybe four times. And someone told me there's a similar uh, technique out there. But what's interesting is what I got out of it. So um, and then I'll be doing a lot of editing, of course, because I have some work being done in the house. They're actually remodeling the bathroom next to us. (laughs) And so, but um, I have software that can fix the volume to knock out anything that's beyond the frequency. There you go, more technology. Um, And I I made it myself, I call it volumize. (laughs) We'll talk about that some other time. What I discovered when I came out of my focus was something very amazing, and that's why I started calling it the Friedman technique. And I discovered that because, and it was so profound, pre license sign up, right? You're interested in this? <laughs> because the timing thing, right? Because if the timing is not right for your invention, it's not that it wasn't a great invention. You may have even gotten the financial support. And if it bombs, maybe it just wasn't time, like the Netflix concept, uh, the blue box concept, which is now a Red Box, uh, the game fly. Um, and so I just wanted to know what you think about that, if you have any techniques that you use for focus and have you gotten anything really, really cool out of it that maybe entrepreneurs uh, can use, especially during these crazy COVID times.
1: Oh, thanks a lot. That's a very, very interesting problem, but let me, the way I do, I do get. this same multi-personalities in a sense many ideas at the same time okay you want to go this way or that way or that thing I mean there are you know that's just uh, human nature however the way I do I believe personally that you cannot do anything by yourself just alone you for everything you need a team meaning maybe team may not be 10 people, it could be just two, just somebody who could be an added element because you cannot really think on every aspect of, especially a business. So it would be nice if you can bring the team together, meaning that's a a key part. Uh, In fact, in any, any business, there are three elements, the team, the people, the product or the service, capital. Those are the three ingredients, extremely important. So when you have a multiple ideas and you want to go into multiple direction, and if you just uh, do it in casual way, there is a high probability none of them will succeed. However, I when I am working on a one project, I want to be in focus. In focus, meaning that team, should or whoever that working with should be just dedicated to that project but you can have another team you can be a mentor or a guy on another team who is dedicated to that one so if you can you know make it multiple dedicated efforts because if, if you are just uh, uh, not focusing then the success is uh, it's very hard and also uh, having a financial support will be very difficult because so you uh, the approach i would do but you create like if you have 10 ideas pick the three good ideas then create three different groups you get somebody but those other people should be just dedicated to that one so you can't have everybody involved in every idea then i think of course you need to go and uh, have a A two type of uh, milestones the near term planning and a long term planning. The near term planning is more key events, milestones. By such and such, you need to have this done. By such and such, you need to have. In the long term planning, you need to have a long term vision. This is what I want to reach. This is what I want to reach. For example, when I started stamps.com, I said, okay, we have to first get the, the, the technology approved that's the 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 near term but the long term is i want you know they were uh uh, this usps had about 75 billion dollar postage revenue and i want to have at least 20 billion dollar postage revenue i mean out of which which we did i mean we really did so what i meant is the long term will be very very you know there is a i mean it has to be realistic but still it should be pretty big but in the near term, it has to be almost like a coming up with the MVP, very focused and, you know, you <laughs> first get first customer, as an example. I need attraction. I mean, it's things of that type. So you need to have that in place before you even start the whole journey. The journey is going to be very complicated and sometimes you will have to navigate and change, but you need to have an initial roadmap
0: i totally agree anything that worked in the past and a couple things that did uh when i finally i you know i i might focus it's interesting you talk about the long term and knowing where you want to go i told myself and my friends i just want to make you know close to a million guess what it was close to a million <laughs> never broke the barrier so think big enough uh of course it's realistic is what i'm hearing you say and And make sure you're not just throwing random things around, you know, at the board, but also uh, to make sure that you have a team for whichever effort you're working on right now. I think that's vital uh, because I was remembering, uh, you know, putting the board together and, and, you know, things of that nature, who is going to be the chief, you know, go to person for this, the technical person, you know, the graphics person, you know, are we, do we have a professional image, you know, and it's just so many different moving parts. So, um, but I found. uh, different type of business models, like the business model, the canvas, right? And a lot of people know about the canvas to help you get your thoughts in order and look at what you really have, see if you really have something. You know, check checkers in the trade, you know, and I would get with them because, of course, you have to have those type of mentors sort of, you know, giving you a glimpse. But one thing uh, or some other area that's really similar to my area, wherever I am, where I'm working, and to see what they're doing, if they're a little bit more advanced, like about five, 10 years. What it does is it gives me a glimpse of what's coming to our area. And that was one of the little things that I have been doing. Like, how do you figure this stuff out? How could you ever think to start this service like five years ago? Like, oh, you know, just <laughs> entrepreneur stuff.
1: <laughs> I think that the two steps, what you just said, uh, one is you think big, but then do in a simple way. So it's a, it's a combination. It may look like paradoxical, but you have to have a the big vision, think big. But then if you take the steps, it has to be simplified. If you make it complicated and complex, then you cannot move. So that's a, that trade-off has to be very clear.
0: Well, that's the end of this episode. Until next time.